0: Hello! Welcome to Why Not Both, the podcast all about how our multiple passions and interests shape our identity and our lives. My name is Pam Schaefer, and I am a musician and therapist in Los Angeles, and I also happen to be your host. This podcast is produced by Laura Studeris, and for this season, we've partnered up with Under the Radar magazine. If you like what you hear... You can hang out with us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at WNBThePodcast. the podcast. And if you really, really like what you hear, please support us on Patreon. We are under Why Not Both podcast. When you join our Patreon, you get a whole bunch of really cool behind the scenes stuff and you get to chat with us. And that's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for your support. And I hope you enjoy our interviews. This week, we were absolutely thrilled to catch up with Shirley Manson, the frontwoman of Garbage, while she is out on tour. She also has a new season of her podcast, The Jump, out now, so I hope you tune in, and in the meantime, I hope you enjoy our chat. We're official now, Pam. Exactly, we're official. We're going steady on Zoom. Fuck Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, well welcome to Why Not Both, where I get to chat with you from a blanket fort today. (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) how thrilling. (laughs) How how have you been? It's been such an unmoored time that I'm just like, how are you? (laughs) I'm good, I mean,
1: you know, as good as we can all be under these bizarre circumstances, right? You know, I mean, I think this has been a very challenging time for, for everyone no matter what side of the coin you're looking at things from. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's been challenging for sure. Um, we're currently out on tour with Alanis Morissette and Cat Power, so I really can't complain. I get to do what I love to do. And, um, you know, we're back out on the road, which, you know, for every musician out there, you, you know, um, everyone can relate to this idea of us not literally not being able to do what we're here on earth to do, which is play. Yeah. Um And uh, it's been very hard, you know, for musicians to keep their shit together, I think. And so I'm very grateful to be out here working for the first time in in 18 months. So uh, I really cannot complain. And yet I find that on a daily basis, I do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, I was just like as a Jewish girl from the valley, I'm like, you know, it's not a bad thing to complain. It just means that you have standards and that you can see places where there can be improvement. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a way of coping with the frustration, right? Because we're all frustrated. It's like maddening this situation we find ourselves in. And, you know, um, so yeah, it's been a lot. Yeah. As it has been for every single person on earth. So there you have it.
0: Oh, yes. And that's, I feel like, I feel like everyone's just doing their best in a situation that's been changing. I would say like nearly daily, um, if not hourly and it's very, it's been very disorienting and, and thinking about even being on tour now, I was like, on one hand, I was like, that's so (sighs) exciting. And then I'm also like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And also like, oh wow. What are the crowds like? Like what, what is that experience like now?
1: You know, it's a very good question, I and mean, it's very, very different from what we're accustomed to, because um, everybody's masked almost all the time, except for the actual shows themselves. Yeah. And even then, some of the musicians are masked up. Um, we're oh, luck. We have been blessed by the gods in that all the shows are outdoors, oh. so yeah. we are. Otherwise, we wouldn't be. out, probably wouldn't be out the road to be perfectly frank um but they're all outdoors so um yeah we've just been so extraordinarily lucky but there's a lot of uh, protocols in place to keep everybody safe um we were all tested before we went out and we keep in these what we call these bubbles you know we're all in these Mm -hmm. quite strict bubbles and um there's very little fraternizing unfortunately so we're not allowed any guests really backstage for obvious reasons and so the usual sort of constant partying of touring is, 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 has definitely been eradicated. And, but we all just feel like, you know what, we need to work. We need to get out there Mm -hmm. and work. And so there's a slightly different mindset this time around than any time in my, you know, my touring career, which, you know, extends back to the eighties, 1980s. So it's quite
0: weird adjustment, you know? That's what I was thinking is that in a way it's almost I was trying to think of how to basically like kind of bring the energy for a show when those are the circumstances that you're in, that usually you have this like buzzy energy around you because you are around people and you're taking in everything that people bring, even if they're just like hanging out backstage, or like you said, that you're usually fraternizing with other people from other bands and things like that. And I'm like, that's a really fascinating place to be to then summon that energy from within yourself and from within your little bubble to then give it to the people who are coming to the show.
1: But that's our job, right? I mean, it's our job to bring the energy. As, at least that's how I see it. It's like it's not anybody else's lookout to bring the energy to us. It's like we're in service. I think to the crowd that's what we're here for so I don't have any trouble summoning energy I never <laughs> have. it's not it's not been something I've ever had a, a problem with in my life I wish actually it was the reverse that I could fucking chill out a bit well, but, <laughs>
0: good thing yeah, we're virtually in a blanket cave
1: <laughs> yeah exactly um so yeah I'm quite comfortable summoning that up and bringing that out on stage and the the receptions we've all enjoyed thus far has been really moving oh. you know I mean uh, really really moving like you just everyone out there you know some masked, some not masked but at least all outdoors yeah. uh has been yeah profoundly moving so,
0: I, I would imagine, like, I would have a hard time, like, I'm, I'm such a sensitive little introvert, I'm like, I would have a hard time not crying, like, even sometimes when I've performed before, I've nearly wanted to cry, like, even under regular circumstance, that I would, like, what is that emotion like when you are kind of, like, being there, and like you said, being of service to the audience, but then feeling the emotions coming back, I was like, oh my gosh.
1: Well, you know, you're a performer, so anyone you know who who does what we do understands that emotions come by and without warning and yeah. sometimes the things that you think will bring you to tears don't and those unexpected moments that you weren't you know didn't, didn't imagine would would strike you um leave you in, in it with tears pooling in your eyes you know so yeah. it's it's an emotional experience I think playing music anyway and and entertaining people is i think such a privilege you know it's as i said before i feel like we're in service you know of people and because of social media there's a there's you know often i go through a lot of the messages from fans and they'll, they'll tell you things that are just beyond your wildest imaginings about you know what your music did for them in their lives and people they have lost and uh, circumstances that they have endured, and and so some some songs just suddenly strike you as oh shit that that's the song that that kid wrote me about last night you know or yeah,
0: um,
1: yeah it's 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 wild I mean I, it's been such a great privilege to to be in service of other people I think to be able to capture something in a song that somehow connects to them in some very private way.
0: Oh, and it's, and it's beautiful. I was listening to some of the episodes of the podcast and I was wondering what inspired you to talk to other artists about that, because I noticed that theme coming up about like specific songs and what they meant, not just to the artists, but being curious about what they meant to the people listening. Well, to be honest. Oh no, you are on mute by accident. <gasps> oh, yeah, did. I got muted. You've I'm returned. So sorry. No, you're okay. I was like, oh no, where did she go? <laughs> I thought you said I thought you said (laughs) I was the
1: newt and I went the newt and you went yes I said I have no idea what what you're fucking
0: talking about and then I noticed
1: the mute was on I I apologize profusely
0: Yes, it's my secret code. Not only am I in a blanket for it, but now, now we have newts involved. <laughs>
1: That's really funny.
0: I do apologize
1: for that. Um, okay.
0: Yeah. That was adorable. You said to be honest, and then you went silent, and I was like, gosh, it's a secret. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um. <laughs>
1: um God, I apologize. What the fuck have we talked? Oh, I remember the question. Yes. So I, to be honest, I never conceptualized or imagined I would ever do a podcast ever in my wildest dreams. I got a phone call from Rishikesh Hirway from Song Exploder and he said, Hi, listen, I'm, I'm working on this idea for a new podcast and I really would love you to be the host of it. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, think about it. And, and I mentioned it to my manager and he was like, you have to do it. You have to do it. You'd be so good at it. You love talking to people, you know, and um, you're so enthusiastic about music. You have to do it. And I was like, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I know enough about everything, <laughs> you know, musical. <laughs> he was like, you're being insane, you know, like just go out and talk to people. And so I agreed to do it more out of fear of being an idiot than, than really wanting to do a podcast. But then once I started doing it, I found it so rewarding. Um, it was kind of crazy. Like I got, first of all, I was fell in love with everyone I spoke to. Like literally I was so sort of yeah. like I had a crush. i <laughs> um, like, oh, I want them to be my best friend. I just really want to <laughs> <I wanna laughs> hang out with Killer Mike <laughs> and the LP for the rest of my life, you know? Um, and, and so, yeah, it's been something wonderful to come along at a point in my career where I'm literally in my middle age and this has come out like a bolt from the blue and taken me to basically I go to a masterclass every time I sit down with these people and I sit and learn. I'm a student and to be able to do that at my age, at the point of you know, where I'm at in my own career has been a gift, a gift of inspiration, a, a, just a Bunsen burner in my heart.
0: Oh, I love that so much and I'm having the most meta experience right now because that's how I feel about podcasting and I was just like is it just a hall of mirrors where we fall in love with every guest and are so grateful every time we talk to someone <laughs>
1: like, yeah it's my, wild isn't it my husband thinks it's really funny he's like oh my god like when I came home from speaking to David Byrne um <gasps> um you know run the jewels was another one where I've just literally I came home and I was he was like oh my god like have I lost you to, lost you to these people it's like insane you know and you know talking to Kelsey Lou I was just like can we just hang out please can we just please hang out you know and it's
0: funny That's- funny wonderful well and it's wonderful because you learn oh, it's that that heartfelt connection where not only are you emotionally connected but you learn so much and like those two together it's so potent like my producer gets a message every after every interview because I'm always like I love them I love them I love them
1: them." (laughs) that's That's hilarious
0: (laughs) (laughs) you understand me Pam you understand me it's exactly that and similarly I didn't think I would start a podcast either it was I'd started it a bit on a lark and it was my producer that really encouraged me and now it's addictive it's like once a week at least you get to talk to someone and learn something new and engage in a different perspective and Mm -hmm. then you get to share that with people I'm like I can't think of anything better
1: no it really feels very uh nourishing and satisfying and yeah thrilling i find. i mean again it's thrilling you know i spoke to fucking patty smith for fuck's sake you know what i mean like one of my all-time figurehead like literally a figurehead in, in my life not just a musical muse but it's uh, someone that i have studied and admired for so long and um to get to speak to her was just nerve-wracking um
0: magical
1: and transportive oh. you know, oh. you know?
0: I love that, and I love that, I love what you said about that you emphasized a few times about the point that you're in in your career, because I think that particularly we have such an emphasis on youth in our culture, and there are like Mm. amazing young artists, however, there's a de-emphasis on not youth, is how I'd put it, Mm. where it's like, we are learning all the time, and we always can learn something new, and we always can change our perspective, we always can keep expanding. Yeah. And like, yeah. that's so valuable as someone who is, and whatever that generation is, that's like, they keep renaming my micro generation. It's like the Oregon Trail generation or something ridiculous now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm, a, I'm like, I'm a geriatric <laughs> millennial. I read that one and was like, accurate question <laughs> mark.
1: That is hysterical. I quite like that geriatric uh, millennial. I'll take it.
0: <laughs> exactly, it's like calling someone like a jumbo shrimp. Like you're old, young, and I'm like, thanks. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I it's, it's funny you should
1: say that because I really do. I mean, I love young artists. They excite me, and and they're bringing a whole whole new way of looking at the world into play, which is thrilling. You know, like someone like Grimes or Kelsey Lou, or you know, they're all they're really coming at things from a different perspective than my generation did. So I find it really thrilling. But similarly, I've always loved older artists I, I love old people like I love their stories I love their perspective they're cool because they're not fighting anymore like they're sort of at a place of acceptance of their mortality and their and their and their their sort of ambitions are ham are, are tempered in, in a different way and I've always found that really thrilling That's, I find people yeah. of all ages and all you know perspectives fascinating you know and I'm lucky I don't know if everyone else is as interested necessarily in an older perspective and they seem very excited by youth and you know that's that's totally fine too but I am very blessed that I find all perspectives kind of equally as fascinating
0: that's a beautiful way of looking at it it made me reflect upon the music that like I listened to when I was younger because I just thought of that that I was like wait a lot of a lot of younger people are listening to music that's made by their peers, which is amazing. Mm. Um, but I remember listening to music not only made by my peers, but also people who are then um, anywhere from like, you know, a few years to decades older than me, like when I was a yeah. teenager, especially. You're so right, because when when
1: I was growing up, it was a matter of principle and pride that you knew what had come before you. And if you didn't, you were kind of ignorant. You know, you were considered really ignorant. Mm -hmm. now I notice young artists have very little interest really in seeing what came before which I find fascinating I mean and I'm not knocking it by the way there's something really wonderful about it too it's just not my personal taste like I I want to know who did what like I feel like there's a whole generation of young artists who literally think they like they've not just they haven't reinvented the wheel they have designed the wheel <laughs> <laughs> and they and they really really believe it that they are the first to do this or they're the first to think this or they're the first to encapsulate an idea and you know for those of us who have knowledge of of, of artists that preceded them um, we all are aware. That that's not necessarily the case, but it also allows, of course, for younger generations to be unhampered by the past. And so they're creating oh. these very interesting soundscapes and, 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 you know, like the visually, they're, they're so
0: adventurous and creative. It's- I love, I love it. Oh, no, you're on mute again. Not a newt. There we go. Am I muted again? Yes. I don't know how
1: I, I keep doing back. this. How is it possible? <laughs> I get excited and I think I press it to my cheek and then that mutes me.
0: That's, I swear my Zoom, like once once every five to ten calls, it just will do something like it'll mute me, it'll it'll restart itself, it'll do something where I think it just wants to make its presence known. It's like well,
1: that's fair enough. They're doing a big job here.
0: <laughs> They have, when this all started, I remember telling people like, oh, hop on Zoom. And they're like, what's Zoom? And I'm like, oh, it's like, it's like Skype, but with slightly better audio. And now like, it's, it's a verb. Like people just say like, we're Zooming. And I'm just like, if you had told me this two years ago, I, I would have been like, It's what?
1: surreal. It's, even my dad, <laughs> my dad is 84 years old. He Zooms with his pals. It's like fucking amazing.
0: <laughs> Surely my parents Zoom, they are 80 and 81 and somehow they crashed the wrong rosh hashanah service last year for high holidays and I can-
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's extraordinarily funny brilliant that is great that that has to go in a script somewhere for fuck's sake amazing
0: i was, I, I was impressed i was frankly impressed yeah, i'm impressed
1: that's a good story i like that a lot <laughs>
0: I was like, I have so many additional questions and I know they don't have answers. (laughs) Amazing.
1: That really is funny.
0: Oh my God. But yeah, thinking about the way people create art, it's almost like, I remember learning about music theory and it was like learning about, it was almost like, oh, there's names to the concepts I already know about. And i had been afraid that it would like ruin what i was making to no theory behind it and i think about people now where it's like there's a certain beauty in that arrogance that you're creating something that yeah. no one else has created and in a way that does make you create yes. so no one else has created yes yeah
1: really freeing um, i think in many ways right yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. And, and then like later you can kind of learn like oh yeah People have created variations on that theme, and that doesn't detract <laughs> from what I did. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, funny. It's 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 very interesting that we're 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 really in a very interesting phase right now. I think you know, even like what I noticed about you know people regurgitating other people's ideas, and the original artist didn't doesn't seem to mind they're Good. like yeah it's cool like i'm i'm cool with you sort of regurgitating and you know reappropriating my ideas and and presenting them in a different form well that's that's kind of fascinating too i guess it's a form of sampling right it's just it's yeah. it's just it's interesting to me it's like wow where are we going to go from here this is wild
0: well it's a broadening of the landscape like I was thinking about that. You said you're on tour with Alanis Morissette and with Cat Power. And I remember I went to go see, gosh, I was a teenager. I went to go see Alanis Morissette when she opened for Tori Amos. Cause like, I loved seeing Tori and I was so excited Alanis was opening for her. And I remember my friend's dad made this casual joke about, oh, was it the tour sponsored by Tampax? Oh, yeah. Oh. Awful right and still clearly that made an impression on me i remember it like you know years and years and years later Definitely. and like yeah and i was just like why what like why would someone make that comment about like how dare two women be on tour together that i was just like why would that be considered a bad thing and why do we not like i was looking at stats on radio and even now like they don't cluster female singers people with female voices because they assume that listeners won't listen to them and then i'm like wait well do listeners just not listen to multiple female songs in a row because you're not playing them
1: oh i mean don't get me started on this subject this deserves a podcast unto itself because it's so bizarre and so misogynistic right yes um and so i mean you know we could i mean here comes that awful word again the patriarchy you know yep. um that, that 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 make these weird rules and then people become accustomed to only hearing men and so when they hear women they allegedly say that it's too shrill for their ears or they don't like female music or it's not absolute nonsense and like i said this is something that could go on and on and on. We could literally talk about this for eight hours straight and never get to the bottom of it. It's very frustrating. I think it's changing slightly currently in this in this post me too movement um, generation. Um, I think we've got a long ways to go, of course, but you know evolution continues and I can only help but hope that um, things continue to improve for female artists across the board, you know. But yeah, it's it's the other thing that I noticed that was commonly sort of thrown at us, um, you know, back in the '90s was a, we, we were all angry women in mm-hmm. us. What, and we were called angry simply because we actually talked about anything other than sex and love. Yep. If you talked about anything about anything at all except for sex and love, then you were considered inadvertent angry, angry. It's such a dimin- you know, such reductive term, you know, to throw at a woman who has an opinion about anything. You know, so disappointing and infuriating. But there you go. That was the '90s. I mean, riddled with uh, misogynistic criticism, and uh, mercifully, that does seem to have diminished quite considerably over the last sort of 25 years.
0: Yes, I liked what you said about particularly interviewing younger artists, like younger female and female-identifying artists, where it's like instead of being like oh there can be only one and even the idea of like when someone is borrowing an idea from another person it's like oh cool take that idea and run with it it's more like hey there's room for all of us like let's see what you do as opposed to being like there's one ring there's only one ring (laughs) Um,
1: but to be fair back in the day there was only one ring
0: exactly
1: so that is changing. And, and so I, I feel hopeful. And um, let's leave it at that. And, and um, because it's it's a subject that just is so broad and so terrifying and sad um, mm-hmm. that we could be here all day. And I know that neither of us have the time for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so funny because, like, half my brain was just like, yes, eight hours of talking eight, about oh, it, yeah. patriarchy. Easily. It was like, oh my God, do I have enough coffee for that? <laughs> it's wild, it's wild. Well, and i'm so glad that you are able to be on tour with i was just like i love both of those artists and so i was just like that's amazing i love your artistry so i was just like i mean this sounds phenomenal um and that you are able like we like you said in in this era you are able to do that and sure there might be some rogue dad out there being like oh the, the tampax tour but for the most part, people are like, oh, how exciting we get to see musicians that we love. We've been in our homes for 18 months. Like, let us. Yeah, well, it's funny,
1: you know, like Alanis has one of the biggest, this, this tour is one of the biggest selling tours of the summer. Like, I'm sure it won't be talked about anywhere, but it is. I mean, I've been told by uh, multiple agents and management companies, you know, that's a highly successful tour. Mm-hmm. Um, which decries the notion that that people aren't interested in female artists. I mean, that's the proof in the pudding right there, and it's also proof in the pudding that Alanis, myself, and Shaw Marshall are, are have all had careers that have lasted over twenty years. In my case, <laughs> thirty five. <laughs> but um, you know, it's a mir- it's a miracle. This is this is new for for women over, let's say, the age of thirty. Yeah. Um to, to en masse have long careers. Yes, there's been a few women in rock and roll who've managed to sustain a career. Patty Smith being one of them, you know, Chrissy Hine being another, Debbie Harry, Stevie Nicks, but it's few and far between. Yeah. Um, and now you're seeing a, a change to that, and, and representation is everything. And I think for not just women, but for, for anyone on the spectrum, gender spectrum, it's great to see. A break in that old world kind of cis male domination to be to be start, starting to be broken, and other people able to flourish into their middle and well. well how did you put it? Your geriatric. Uh, <laughs> lifestyle yes
0: yes where it's just like do you own a house no but does your back hurt yes yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) but it's good for everybody to see that you don't have to be a young beautiful you know 20 year old to to enjoy your life and be creative and be curious and you know be able to do what it is that you love to do that's great for everyone you know (sighs)
0: That is, that is such a heartening message. And we have, it's interesting looking at the listeners of this podcast, we have a really wide age range. Like I was surprised when I looked at our demographics, I was just like, Whoa, but it's a lot of, it does kind of cluster. It seems around like kind of like mid twenties through like mid thirties. And then there's people on either side, but I think about it and I think about, it's hard for us to envision a future if we don't have like kind of not role models in the way that we need to necessarily emulate what someone does that we see but it's like unless we have a variety of people that are older than us that we see doing a variety of things it's hard to envision yourself being like well what's it going to be like touring when I'm in my 50s if you don't see another person that's like you touring in their 50s you're like well you know there's this other person but they're not quite close enough to my experience that it really I can't really map myself like onto them Uh, yeah and so I know and
1: it's never really existed like what I suddenly realized was I was on tour with Blondie a couple of years ago Garbage and Blondie co-headlined an American tour and I was seeing Debbie Harry on stage every night and she's in her 70s you know yeah. and I can't begin to tell you what that meant for me to see that and then I realized wow people like Patty Smith and Debbie Harry they didn't see that yeah. they never saw that it didn't exist it wasn't yeah. possible and so it was really thrilling to see that things are slowly changing. And, and like you say, representation is so important because you can identify with it and say, well, if she can do it, there's no reason why I can't in my 70s and have a, you know, I look at Debbie Harry's career still. It's like, look at this magnificent person in her mm-hmm. 70s, still living her best life. Patty Smith is still making art that moves generations. You know, whether it's with her writing, with her music, with her presence, with you know, it's just extraordinary, and it's exciting, and it's good for everyone to see that.
0: Yes, yes, and to have that kind of multifacetedness, like you just brought up, like Patty's writing. I was thinking about that when you were like, "Oh, I surprised myself with the podcast," and I was like, oh, <laughs> "Relate to that one." Um, yeah. it's like sometimes you can reach out into another art form, even if it's something you never anticipated, and be like, "Oh yeah." I can do that too, and it's not about like, am I going to be the best at this? It's more like, oh, I want to go explore this. This freaks me out. I should do it. <laughs> like- <laughs>
1: exactly, isn't it that amazing? Is it Eleanor Roosevelt who says, "Do something every day that scares you"? Yeah, is that her quote, or is it? So- I can't remember who actually said it, but anyway, it's, uh, it's such a great quote, you know, of just like yeah you have to if you get too comfortable i think it's very dangerous and oh yes really the major distinction between older people and younger people aside from obviously their flesh is so much more beautiful to look at than ours is that they but young people continue to put themselves in you know uncomfortable situations as we get older we decide not to but i think it's important often to, in order to maintain a sort of adventurous life which keeps you young is is always do something new doesn't I'm not saying you have to go out and fucking you know put yourself in physical danger or anything (laughs) like that but but yeah take up a writing class go and do like you know join a fucking hill walking group I mean I you know make sure you expand your circles always 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 yeah I think that's really important yes
0: because you never know what you're going to discover. yes 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 I'm with a blanket with you yes I was like, a blanket fort. I have to somehow figure out how to send you photos of this because they actually, my friends low-key throw a party every year usually, but obviously during our, the era of Corona, um, they can't, but they transform their whole house into a blanket fort, like using like PVC pipes <gasps> and like, I love that lights and like it's it's their annual Fort of July. Oh, that's um, a lovely <laughs> blanket fort with sparkly lights. Lovely, it's the best. And so I'm glad that I get to experience it. Like I said, I was you know booted out of my home by construction, and then I you know, and I've never recorded in a blanket fort before. <laughs> Indeed, that's a silver lining to every cloud. <laughs> it's definitely it's all about like make yourself just uncomfortable. Enough. <laughs> like, exactly. i like throw yourself in front of a bus. That's too uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, don't go. Please, please, listeners, don't go and do anything silly like that. <laughs> no, it's about just just find find that little edge of discomfort and kind of nudge it a little bit. Well, you know, like my dad is eighty
1: four, as I mentioned earlier, and he. He's always doing something, whether he's volunteering for the Writers Museum or whether he's like he's got a Robert Louis Stevenson fan club that he's very involved in, and he has a younger spirit than many thirty year olds that I know have yes. like he is like fucking still in the game, my dad, and it's really impressive to see you know he's lost his beloved wife he's physically struggling a little, but he's still in the game, and I think that is so commendable and so exciting still. And and uh, I'm very grateful to my father for being such a great example of aging spirility.
0: <laughs> oh, I was like, heck yeah, good dads. Like, my dad's yeah. really into ham radio and volunteering <laughs> and, like, same thing. He has, like... I, by the way, Robert Louis Stevens' fan club just Ten. touched my... Stevenson fan club. I, I just... I couldn't even say that correctly. Cause I was like, I literally, I like touched my heart when you said that. I was like, Oh, that is, that, that is so precious. It is precious. That it's is, really precious. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Like being, seeing someone in that phase of life and especially like you said, that's experienced loss and that's experienced all these things. And he's still like, Hey, I'm going to go express my enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> like, <I'm> gonna- <laughs> yeah. It's really oh. lovely. Oh, I Yeah. Love
1: life that. is good. We're all so lucky. Oh. We're all alive. So it's, so it's a true. miracle
0: oh my gosh i can i can smell the food that my friends have made me downstairs i was like oh my gosh you've been so generous with your time and i was like i have no idea how long we were supposed to talk for
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't either but i'm about to talk to my hero janice long from the bbc in in uh, wales so i better get oh, going like, i have no idea what time it is either um I, I thank you so much and oh. I've, I've loved speaking to you and i feel like we're sisters and we're another mother Oh so, thank you
0: for you. your time, Pamela. Oh, thank you for your time, Shirley. I'm so glad that I was just like, we share the podcast love. You know the best. Yes, we do. Love. We I was do. like, thank you, my sister, from another mister. You're very welcome. <laughs> send my
1: send my very best to that father of yours.
0: Oh, oh my gosh. Yours <laughs> as well. May they may they meet across the airwaves in some obscure esoteric fan club.
1: Um, um, Amen, sister.
0: Let's cheer you. Have beautiful travels. Yes, darling. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Why Not Both. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform. You can also come hang out with us on social media. We are at WNBThePodcast, both on Instagram and on Twitter. This season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine. Under the Radar is a nationally distributed print, music, and entertainment magazine and website. You can find them at www.undertheradarmag.com and feel free to support them on Patreon. Extra special thanks to our producer, Laura Studeris, who is literally a rock star. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you next episode.